What's up, everybody? Welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree. And in the hot seat today, we have an undeniable industry icon. This is a woman that's been in the porn game for over 20 years now. And it all started with a little website called burningangel.com. That's right. Today, we've got the incredible Joanna Angel joining us for a chat. How did I get so lucky? I've got the incredible Joanna Angel in the house today. Hello. Hi. How did I get so lucky? Are you the the uh, cover girl of Hustler? You know what? Listen, we could be luckier because we're both in the same city and we're still doing this shit over Zoom, which makes me laugh. But yeah, I'm happy it's getting done. Come over. I, listen, you know? this week has been wild, but next week I'm coming over. I want to see your place now that you're in New York City. I know I'm in New York city. You gotta, you gotta come see it. I live in a church. I live in a church. <laughs> it's and like, rad. we're not, we're not exaggerating. You actually, you relocated yeah, from you Los can, Angeles. Can yeah. See, can you see my ceilings? Yeah. That's, that's a church ceiling. That's not a regular apartment looking ceiling. I know people log in. They're like, Oh, it's Joanne angel. I'm like, do you want to see my ceilings? <laughs> well, just to verify, like we're not bullshitting. It's not an imposter church. It's not like one of these nouveau uh, designed to look like. It was a church. It was a church. Yeah. Up until yeah. really, it seemed like it was a church and then it was an abandoned building. A lot of um, people squatted in and um, yeah, now it's uh, now it's apartments, but it's, it's super cool. Now I love it's it. Home. Yeah, now, now it's, it's home. Yeah. Now, now it's, it's home now it's home i love it i'm so happy and i went from living in like a really like i guess traditionally nice a very modern four bedroom house in the suburbs <laughs> and actually what was voted like one of the safest suburbs in like the country and to live in a church a third floor walk up church around the corner um joanna what what yeah. is so irresistible about the east coast other than it being your home what brings you back when you um, leave the west like what was that i mean more more so than just loving the east coast new york city is is such a special place it is mm. somewhere um i i really learned to like be a person if that may I started coming I grew up in New Jersey a secret I don't really like to tell everyone but you know um <laughs> but the secret's out I grew up in New Jersey and you know when I was in even in high school my dad worked in Manhattan and I used to go with him to work sometimes like take your daughter to work day and he you know my family was very like he taught me how to use the subway he taught me all the different parts of Manhattan and be like, oh, this is like the, the village where like artists used to live and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I always liked reading books about, you know, all the artists, you know, the, the beat poets and this and that, you know, yeah. the whole like, like early like scene in New York City and, you know, and then like being like super into punk rock, you know, I went to like CBGB, totally. like right when I turned 16, um, you know, I really like, it was the first time like being in the suburbs, you know, you go there and I saw like all these like 
people with mohawks and piercings and tattoos. And the first time I saw, you know, drag queens and two women holding hands and kissing or two men holding hands and kissing, you know, like just the mix of ethnicities and genders and races and just the energy here. And I don't know, it's been something I've always loved um, ever yeah. since I was young. And then yeah. I actually moved to New York, you know, I went to college in New Jersey and then I moved to Brooklyn for a few years and I felt like I really like found myself here. And then I, uh, that's yeah. I got swept away to Los Angeles. And, you know, when I first moved, all my friends from New York were so happy for me, you know, cause I was really kind of making it so to speak in the adult industry or, you know, I had to move because, you know, there was just becoming a, a demand for me over there. And um, people were like, wow, Joanna, like, we're so happy for you, you know, because I started, you know, my old company, Burning Angel, I started in yes. New York. And, 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 yeah. and I was gonna, I was gonna say before we get, uh, before we, we get on with this for anyone watching and listening that needs a little background, we're talking about the last 20 years of your life because 20 years I, ago, Joanna, 20, years 20 ago. fucking years ago, you started a website burning angel, which not only launched your career in the adult business in the porn biz but it also it launched many careers it launched this like revolution of alt porn that is now in ultimate fame and popularity i mean it's it's one of the genres that are dominant that we see in adult content today so if there's a way to even describe the last 20 years of your life how can we begin to understand what you've experienced I mean, it's been a whirlwind. It's almost, and being right back where I started is kind of hilarious. It's almost like I blinked and was this all a dream? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Like I'm living around the corner from where I lived 20 years ago. Like I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of surreal, you know? Um, even hanging out with some of the people I used to hang out with 20 years mm. ago, eating at some of the same restaurants, the ones that are still around, going to some of the same places. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like, like, did I just like blink and have a weird dream that I became yeah. like a, like a somewhat uh, E-list celebrity in Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> like when Dorothy wakes up after Oz and goes, and you were there and and you were there but we're yes, unsure was that exactly. did that really lived yeah yeah no like, i get what it the hell happened like i just you know it was like things took off and then they, I, I don't know it's it's been really really crazy um but yeah uh i i don't regret anything everything i did led me to the point where i'm at now and mm. truly i i couldn't be happier right now um and yeah, so for those people who didn't know, you know, fast forward, starting in 2002, I started Burning Angel it, right here in Brooklyn, New York. It's kind of where the, well, I actually started it in college at Rutgers, but it really like became a brand in um, New York. You know, we threw a lot of parties. A lot of the early models were like from New York or the surrounding, you know, tri-state area. We did our a lot of our early movies here. Um one of our earliest, the movie that I guess I won my, one of, not my first, my set, like my first big award for uh, Joanna's Angels 2. And Joanna, no, Joanna's Angels 1 was like the first movie I made that got like nominated for a lot. I don't think it actually won anything, but it was like, it made a big splash. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole movie was just shot all over New York City. And I guess the whole theme of the movie was that there was like something evil going on in New York City and us New York City girls had to like, no, something evil was going on in Los Angeles and the New York girls had to fight it, you know? And and people, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter what my movie but, was. But, but we're, we're talking yeah. this huge, huge yeah. legacy in 20 years. Not only your your own efforts as as performer, writer, director, producer, author, not just that, but we've seen revolutions within the business of porn, whether it's the internet boom, whether it's uh, individual content platforms happening for creators to distribute directly. Yeah. How, how do you feel about the state of the business today? Is there anything uh, deeply breaking your heart or deeply exciting you one way or the other? I mean, I think there is, there is like, so much opportunity in the business. Yeah. When I started my company in 2002, I mean, it, everything was very, very difficult. Getting one piece of content made, edited, yeah. and onto the internet was very expensive, very tedious, um, you know, very difficult and marketing it, advertising it. I mean, I'm the early days of Burning Angel. I would go to concerts, to shows and hand out flyers with a picture of me or like a picture of one of the other models that said like Burning Angel, like, well, this was real, like guerrilla marketing, you know? Um, so seeing, and you know, these days when I just go to my bedroom, turn on my phone, shoot a, a video right yeah. here, put it on my OnlyFans and tweet about it. Like, I like do not take those moments for granted because like, even from the moment I decided I wanted to have a website to the point of having, having con everything was like, took a very long time. It costs a lot of money. It, you know, I mean, it, it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to get any, to get a credit card processor, you know, hosting, billing, you know, um, everything. There was so much red tape over everything. You know, that's why all the porn studios were run by, you know, large companies. And what I managed to do with just me and my best friend from college yeah. was pretty insane. Um, so I think that, this is a time where like, I don't know, like, like I wish this or I want this is like not really an excuse. Like, like everything is at your fingertips, you know, and like you can kind of make anything happen. So I think that is a real blessing in the industry totally. right now. Um, you know, the downside of that is, I guess, is, you know, it's very saturated and kind of less uh, special. You know, mm -hmm. I remember when the industry was just a small handful of people, you know, um, and now it's, it's giant. And um, I don't know, but ultimately I think there's way more, way more good um, than bad. You know, it's, it's almost like porn is like, like what you, you know, people who get mad when their favorite indie band like blows up and becomes yeah. really successful and is actually like living their best life, but other people are like, oh, but I miss it when it was like small. And I was the only one that knew. I mean, porn is, I think porn is, it went through like a rough spot, I think, but porn is really, I think, kind of thriving right now. Although I'm a little bit removed from the industry now, so I don't exactly have my finger on the pulse the way it used to, but it, I think this is probably the best, this is probably the best time 
um, I've ever seen for performers in particular. It might be, I think it is actually a pretty, I don't want to speak for people because like I said, I don't exactly know what's going on, but I will say, I think it's a difficult time to own a studio. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, I don't think in this climate today, like Burning Angel could have started, you know, like I think we're in this phase where content either needs to be done by the creator itself, but if you are a studio, you need to be making like top of the line, high-end shit because all the middle, all the in-betweens kind of fell through. Right. And, and it would almost be, you know, backpedaling or going back in time to change the way that the industry has structured itself now, because it is moving so fast. The fact that a creator, a performer, they're, they're kind of blurred, right? You're a creator, you're a performer, you're both. You can also right. just get your content out there on your own and cut out the need of say studios or, or those bigger productions. Like I, I, will we ever see studios on top of the industry and in the most, um, I guess, demand spot for I mean, performers to, to utilize? I think so. I mean, look, at the, a lot of people do say that, and I do hear this thing in, in porn, yeah. a lot of girls, which is kind of funny because I've always been on both sides. So sometimes mm. when I hear girls complain about the studios, I almost feel like, like I'm some kind of cop sitting in a room, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, or something like <laughs> listening, you know, I, I don't know. Like I feel, I see both sides of things. Cause I, I have experienced, I have lived in this industry on both sides. Um, so I do hear a lot of girls, you know, kind of older veterans telling the younger girls in porn, like, don't let these studios like make money off you. Like, don't mm. do this. Like, you don't need them. And it's like you you need to get fans from somewhere, you know. And so unless you're like some very strategic person, which a lot of young girls are, I will say, are a very strategic person who can really work the Instagram algorithm really well or the Pornhub algorithm or something oh, yeah. like you cannot have. And only fans, if you don't have fans, it's literally the name of the platform. I am so grateful and I'm so thankful that I have fans, but you know, working for the studios will, you know, it's like giving yourself a billboard, but instead of paying for the billboard, somebody else will be paying you. And, Hmm. and I don't know, I'm speaking from a time, a lot of people, they'll say like, you don't have to do this. Oh, sitting on set all day. Oh, this, I mean, I, I did work for, you know, I worked for myself the majority of my career for the last few years of my career. I, after I sold my company, I did work for other studios and I had a great time. Um, Mm -hmm. And and I, I know that not every studio is the same and I not, I know not every girl is the same experience, but, but I do think it's important, you know, like you get to meet a lot of people, you get to see how productions are run, you know, a lot of times when I'd be on other people's sets, I'd get inspired for ideas of what to do in my own movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and if you're a content creator and you want to make slightly bigger scale productions, you can meet videographers, you can meet photographers, you can meet, I don't know. Um, you know, I think That's if you're- That's an interesting angle. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a network yeah. that does become available to you, which could be leveraged in ways to make your content, your career, all of you elevate as well. Um, I've, yeah. I've just, I-, I I see that it's going to be an interesting balancing act between who is, who's the priority? Is it the content creator, the individual, or the studio is going to kind of, it's an interesting time, you know, it's a really, it's an interesting time. I think they're both going to continue to exist, you know, it's just uh, 
changing a little bit. Well, but, business, but business aside, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the business side of the business aside, <laughs> in the last 20 years, have you felt that there's a societal shift in their opinion of the business at all? Have you gauged that from the public or the attitudes that society feels about porn? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, it's it's been a strange, uh, funny shift. Like like I said, like porn, I think used to be like like almost like the indie band. Um, um, so in some ways, it's become a lot more accepted, and in some ways, it's not. Like, um, I I mean, I think that the porn conventions used to be filled with like really 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 die hard fans i mean when you think about it it's like i got to experience the tail end of an era where every single person that you met that jerked off to you paid for it like how yeah. like that's crazy there was not an instagram there was not a fate they people were not finding you on pornhub or on instagram or on facebook or on you know i know facebook isn't really like that but you know what i mean or on any kind of twitter yeah. people found you because they went to a store and saw your picture on something and they purchased it at a counter or they did like some very unique uh, searching on the internet and spent all day, you know, waiting for your video to buffer. I mean, so I, I some of those times I think, I think that the fans that I did have were a little more respectful. I mean, they also didn't have the opportunity to just talk to you all day the way that people can talk to you all day now. But I do yeah. think back in the day when I went to those conventions and I would meet a fan, they were very, very much similar probably the way I would be if I was, you know, meeting, I don't know, Trent Reznor or something. You know, they were nervous, they were quiet, they were respectful, uh, very like, like, oh my God, like, you know, they're meeting um, someone. But But it was a small niche of people. It wasn't a giant you know, uh, maybe not a very small, but you know what I mean? It was a more particular kind of person. Well, they have, they have more access now. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but I do think on the flip side, you were either a diehard porn fan or you hated porn. There was no mm. one really in the middle. And now I feel like porn is more part of pop culture and you just get, you know, like, like you have people making fun of porn on TikTok. Like it's really become just like a very sort of acceptable thing, which has made some of the excitement for it go away. I think mm. it's made some of the hatred and fear of it go away, but at the same rate, it's made that celebrity, like, like these are real goddesses kind of aspect go away. But on the same rate, that's kind of happened everywhere. I mean, look at the difference between rock stars. I mean, think of the Beatles, you know, they were worshiped you know, like gods, nobody really heard them, you know, nobody heard them speak unless they were on like a very planned television show. You barely ever saw their image unless right. it was like an image they decided very strategically to like go out to the public on like a, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? A, a, yeah. I mean, or, you know, older rock stars and think about it now. I mean, it's a little different between today's, you know, rock stars. I mean, everybody's just a little more accessible. And that's like, the boom of social media, right? Because yeah. like, before social media, there was this very obvious distance between celebrities of the world and the every other person out there. But now we're able to present ourselves and, uh, introduce ourselves to the global audience and try to manipulate it however we will to gain followers yeah. to gain people that know us and kind of build our own celebrity in a way yeah 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do think the younger generation is very good at that, you know, yeah. like younger girls come and they have a whole, you know, marketing plan for themselves, a marketing yeah. plan that took me a very long time to make that took me, mm. you know, paying people and, and learning and going to like conventions and, and, and taking notes and studying things, you know, things that I really, that really took me a while to sort of figure out how to do, you know, a lot of these girls just know how to do naturally because they're just sort of born with this innate uh, nature to, well, to market themselves, you know, with, with that in mind, the learning that you had to do along the way and the figuring all of that out, would you say that that ability is the secret to your success? Or if so, what is the secret to your okay. success? tell you the secret to my success uh um part of it is uh my my uh, uh how do I say this like I always set you know like I always set um very realistic goals for myself you know um I think also I was very appreciative of everything I got along the way. And also I really did. I, I loved the industry. Mm. Um, so it was never from like day one, you know, like every little opportunity I got, I enjoyed the ride, you know, and if some opportunities went wrong and even on my worst day of work, even on the, the time, I mean, everybody has to understand I ran my own business. I did not make even a profit for a few years. Like I did porn for free, <laughs> not um, even for free. I put out my own money that I, that did not really even come back to me for a few years. Like most girls in the industry, porn is like their first year of porn is their first year. They're buying designer handbags and buying like Lamborghini. Yeah. Well, maybe not Lamborghinis, like Bentley, <laughs> like a Mercedes. And, you know what I mean? Like I, I love the industry. I enjoyed the voyage and I always like, I think also, sorry, if I go off on tangents, running my Please. own business, it is part of your own job, which is very humbling at times and can really kind of get you down on yourself, but in this very um, realistic way. Like when you, when it, it is your job to literally look at numbers of yourself mm -hmm. and, and analyze them and look at them all the time. It's like, you get a very realistic, like I am here. And, and you also have to look at the rest of the industry as a whole. So it was very like, just, just a, a matter of fact sometimes like I am here and this girl is here yeah. and she deserves this and I deserve this and that doesn't mean there's something personally wrong with me and like you know that doesn't mean like I didn't take things personally it was just sort of like I, it was like okay well this girl has this and this girl has this and and I'm here and and then I would think to myself I can maybe get here if I work yeah. hard and I do this but I'm not going to get here so I just want to work hard to get here so I think my whole career has been like a series of very small baby steps. And when I made one step, I, I reached for the next step. And when I went for one step, I reached for the next step, you know, and then I kind of was just, but I enjoyed every part along the way. And I, I think a lot yeah. of girls get, uh, get, they take things too personally or their, their egos get hurt or they, you know, they feel a little bit too entitled. I mean, also girls that don't enjoy the sex. And then when they have a day, that's like, I don't know, or a year or a week or a month, it's not very profitable. If they hate what they do and then it's not probable, they're going to go to like a very 
you know, dark place. Like, I mean, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, this isn't a good industry to be in, like, just for the money, even though the money can be great, you know, like it's not, I mean, there's no amount of money that's worth it if, if it's damaging your mental health. So whether it was a good week or a bad week, a, a month where I felt on top of the world or a month where I was like, God damn it, like, am, am we ever gonna, am I ever gonna get out of this hole, you know, as a business owner? I, I never like, I never like regretted it. I never like, um, wished I did something else. And I, I never, like, I always, you know, I enjoyed being on camera or never did I like, you know, ever sit there and think like, Oh, I wish I wasn't exposed to the world because then I could have done this, you know, like I was very like, I don't know. So I guess the secret of success is, you know, enjoy what you do, enjoy the journey, enjoy the voyage, make, make realistic goals that you can get to. And then when you get there, think of your next goal. Like, I mean, it, I know it's like a very nice, like meme to reach for the stars, but sometimes reaching for the stars can drive people crazy. You know, like you can't go from here to here um, really fast or some girls can, but that it's yeah. not something if, if somebody does go from here to here in a month, that's not something that you can do. That just means they had a special thing that you can't buy, that you can't have, that you can't study, that you can't, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like, you can't, you know what I mean? Some people have a thing that you just aren't going to have, if that makes any sense. No, no, it, it absolutely does. And it's just so, it's so admirable because what you're saying about little steps along the way, not only are you doing that just in a traditional business sense, but you're also adapting to new technology along the way because your 20 year span saw so much did, yeah. technology advancing and technology. And you gotta, yeah. You never wanna be the old person just complaining about the, the past. You know, you never wanna be that person that's like, misses the way things used to be. And I felt, I felt myself falling into that for like a year or two. And then wow. I kind of took a step back and I was like, I was like, no, I mean, this is, this is the way things are. And I, and I need to adapt, you know, yeah. so I, it's no fun to like sit there in the corner of the room and be like, man. Yeah. But how but do you I motivate prefer- yourself out of that? How do you, how do you turn that around? <laughs> um, I think it, what always kept me in a good spot is having a network of people um, outside of the industry to sort of I mean, first of all, mentally, it's healthy to talk, you know, to talk to people that you don't work with, but also just as like a resource when you're in this thing and everybody's talking about this thing, it's hard to like see above the water, you know, and, and like when you, you know, when you start to talk to people outside the industry or just read like blogs and news and just step outside the industry and actually look in, you know, will really kind of help you um adapt you know and not just be like a like a dinosaur you know you gotta i mean anybody who's in entertainment has to do that i mean what if you know anyone who's obsessed with their work and finding the only reward in life through their work and the greatest misery in their life because of work you might need to step outside of work you need to step outside of it right and and have a life outside of it and this is literally me reminding myself that right now by the way this is me saying laura we got to get back to real life sometimes uh speaking of making uh transitions yeah um and uh, uh stepping outside of work 
you have found a home with this incredible brand, the, yes. the water that has rocked the world, okay. known as Liquid Death. She's reaching for it right now. Joanna, right now. talk to us about making that shift career-wise, and how did that happen? I can tell you, it's actually a lovely story. And kind of funny, because I, I texted the uh, owner yesterday, because... July 5th of last year was when I first uh, spoke to him. So if I could look into the future now, I'd be really, really uh, wouldn't even believe it's true. But um, yeah, so for those of you who didn't know, I did sell Burning Angel in 2000, God, at the end of 2019. No, the end of 2018. God, where did the time go? Whoo! The very end of 2018, I, I sold Burning Angel. Um, and then as part of that deal, I... Uh, signed like a two-year contract to continue to direct for the company that bought the company. Um, and that was probably a mistake, you know. Um, uh, things didn't go exactly as planned, but that's okay, you know. Um, it was a lot of changes. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, as those two years went on, you know, it just kind of became my goal to be like, well, what's my next, what's my, my next step in life, you know? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so a liquid death, I, it's a, you know, a water in a can. Um, I, I started, you know, I was buying it as a fan, really. I would see it at Whole Foods, at Air One and in LA. Um, you know, a lot of my friends, I would see it like backstage at concerts. I had some friends that I saw using it, you know, and of course it's water with a skull on it. And I thought it was awesome. Um, then uh, after I was just buying it, uh, somebody from the company had on their Instagram had contacted me and asked if I wanted some free product. And I was like, oh my God, thanks. I'm enjoying buying it, but sure, I'll take the free product. And then I had fun because on social media, Liquid Death is just so like creative and, and interesting. And, you know, and they would have their own challenges and trends and I would sort of jump yeah. on them and do do things with their merch and their and their product and, you know, and whatever. And it was this fun relationship. And then um, at some point, I was shoot, directing a movie. One of the one of the last movies I was really directing. Mm. Um, Casey, a true story. It actually won movie of the year, 2022. Uh, the only movie at the AVN Awards ever to win movie of the year that starred a trans woman. So I was very proud to sort of leave my, leave the industry after, or, you know, leave whatever studio porn, I guess, after that. I was like, okay, now, now it's time to go. Um, but uh Anyway, I was shooting that movie. It was, a, it was a biker movie. For those of you who who have or haven't seen Casey, a true story. It's the true story of um, Casey kisses and her and her her voyage and how she transitioned. And she was actually in a in a biker club, hmm. um, a biker. Well, I, you don't call them gangs. Biker club. Uh, as she did her transition, and it's one of the most fascinating stories I've ever heard. So it was a a giant biker movie. Okay, I'm I don't know how many mainstream porn sets you've been on, but there's this thing, every time there's a scene in a bar, you have to, you have people drinking out of nondescript cans with like tape on them, depending how oh, yeah. lazy the director is. And, and me, I'm usually very lazy. So like, you know, I guess a more ambitious director would pre-order ahead of time the, 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 the prop cans, you know? I would always be like at the last minute, just trying to be like, tell a PA, like, come on, just scrape <laughs> off the label, scrape off the label, you know? And then when there's no time and we have to roll and then, and then I'd be like, I'll oh, just put tape on it. And then it looks, 
It looks so tacky. It just screams out like, this is a cheap movie. Anyway, this was a very big movie and it was a very important movie. And I did not want to have that. So at the time I was already having liquid death on, on every set of mine anyway. So I asked uh, the con- my contact there, I said, hey, I'm, I don't know if you'd say yes or no. I'm shooting a movie and there's going to be a lot of scenes in bars, a biker movie, you know, a lot, of, a lot of bikers hanging out at biker bars and whatever. And um, I'd love to be able to use the product in the movie as beer, you know, just like somebody drinking it in the background, not like some goofy product placement, just literally somebody doing this yeah. in a movie, you know, it was like a little subtle, you know, nod to the camera. Anyway, um, uh, she, the person who I was contacting, you know, she was just uh, whatever. She was like, well, you have to talk to the owner about that. And I was like, okay. So I emailed the owner, asked for permission, which I was like, they're not going to say, I mean, this is a brand that was in Whole Foods, you know, and they started to get a very big name. I saw they were like, you know, associated with like Wiz Khalifa and and Tony Hawk and all these big stars that I, you know, I, I started like seeing them, you know, doing like co, you know, partnering with, and I was like, they're not going to say yes. They're not going to say yes, whatever. But I emailed and the owner wrote me back and he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like, and then he was like, and you know, thanks for all the promotions and postings you do. We love seeing what you do. And I was like, Oh my God, I got, I got very excited. Also just like, wow, super cool that he like, wasn't going to say no. You know, he just said, as long as you don't say like this movie was brought to you by liquid death or whatever. He's like, if you want to just put it there. And he signed the release form to do it too. Okay. Fast forward after. So he wrote me back. And then after that, I was just kind of sitting around one day it was around that time frame. I was like, you know what? I was just trying to figure out what my next move in life was. So then I replied to that email, which had nothing to do with, you know, anything. I was like, thanks so much for letting me use it. And he's like, here's the form. Okay. And then just a few weeks later, I wrote him an email and it was on July 5th. Cause I actually remember that 4th of July. I was very like, what am I doing anymore? And I wrote him and I said, Hey, I know this might seem like a real weird shot in the dark. Um, I just want to let you know that, uh, I don't know how much you know about me, but I used to, you know, own a business and now I'm still, you know, whatever. I, I kind of summed up where I was in life at that moment. I said, and I'm just looking for my next, uh, step in life and really like the brand. So I just want to know by the off chance, are you hiring? And I don't even know what a job I was applying for. (laughs) And I listed a very funny list of skills. You know, I was like, like I listed how many like ABN awards I've won. I, I was like, I, I've written, I was like, I've written two books and you know, I don't know. And I was like, and if it means anything, I've won the ABN award for best comedy nine times. I don't know if that means, I don't know. I was just trying to like list any, like, you know, and actually, it's a leap email, of faith. It's a leap of yeah. faith. Yeah. And you know what? In that email, even though all my experiences and accolades or most of them were within the porn industry, I was like, I have done so many things. And like people in porn should understand so many of us do more than the world like really gives us credit for between marketing and branding, you know, and just, you know, doing stuff at trade shows and, um, you know, even like working with like strip clubs or writing or I I don't know like I just realized all these like kind of skills that I had that I never really wrote out before um, or just things that I had experience with anyway um he did not write back um for and then at a certain point I actually asked someone in the company I was like oh I don't think he's ever gonna write me back um and then you know one of those things when I never after three months, he did write me back because I actually found out now I know, you know, I found out later he had literally had 
a baby on like July 2nd or oh, something. Wow. So we took off for a few months. Um, so that was like the, the exact time to not send an email. Um, right. And um, yeah. And so then he wrote back and he was like, yeah, he's like, actually, um, I think we could, we could use you for something. Um, yeah. And he's like, let's, uh, let's chat. So that was funny because that became what I realized was my very first job interview in like my whole life, like literally wow. my whole life, like my wow. first like real job interview. And granted, it was still kind of COVID times. So, which made it even funnier because it was on Zoom. Right. So it was like, I was like, do I put on a suit? Do well, exactly. I, do it's a first job interview. So yeah. wait, what's, what's the title then? What would be your title with Liquid Death uh, right now? Okay. So I guess I work on the, well, actually my title has changed even from when I started, but I work on the, um, I work on the lifestyle marketing team. So I do work on the marketing team and now I'm specifically, uh, I, I specifically work, uh, in, on the New York city. Um, yeah. I guess I'm the, I call myself the uh, New York city official marketing murderer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, liquid death, they have a really unique way of doing marketing. Their lifestyle marketing team actually has uh, different people that are very well known in their own worlds. Like uh, uh, there's uh, Chris Cole. He's like, a, I guess, I guess he's like the number one skateboarder in the world. He, <laughs> right now he works there. There's, you know, snowboarders, um, Jen Pop. She's a singer of, of a band called the Bomb Pop. So she's like very well known and very well connected in the world of like pop punk. Um, you know, uh, the guy uh, who's a bass player for Ozzy Osbourne, he works at Liquid Dust. So he's very well connected in the metal world and even the sort of like horror movie uh, world. Uh, my boss, he, you know, he works at, you know, he knows the skateboarding and snowboarding world like really well. Anyway, so they, they just have a team of people with a really great Rolodex mm -hmm. um, to just sort of make shit happen in their own industry. So he, the owner was like, I never thought of this because I guess he wanted, and there's a guy that works in, in hip hop, you know, so there's like a hip hop person, yeah. a, a punk yeah. person, a metal person. So he was like, I never thought of this, but talking to you has made me decide we should have a porn person. And I was like, yeah. So I guess I kind of started off as just the, the porn brand ambassador, so to speak. Um, and when you think about it, every porn set, no matter how big or how small needs water, doesn't matter you know what it is. So I just figured so out true. a way for, to get liquid death anywhere into any like porn related, uh, activity, uh, whether that was a convention or just to get, you know, getting, you know, forming partnerships with performers or whatever. And, and from day one, I was very like, you know, uh, cause I'm sure, you know, you work with brands. And then as soon as they hear like adult, they, they like, won't, respect you. You know what I mean? Right. Like they want you right. to tweet about them, but they won't tweet about you or like, you right. know what I mean? So from the beginning, I was like, if I'm going to be working with all these people, provided that it's like within the, you know, the guidelines, like you need to retweet them the same way you'd retweet any other like influencer or celebrity. And they were very like understanding of that. And I told them how, how much like, you know, people get screwed over mm -hmm. in that sense. We don't want to be like the dirty well, it's, it's a good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign yeah. when you hear someone from the mainstream say, yeah, we, we want to yeah. work with you. We want to be that bridge. Like, yeah. it's, and they, it's quite awesome. All, yeah. yeah. And then when um, I told them I was wanted to move back to New York, they actually told me they needed me. So now my job is everything 
porn and everything New York. This is pretty right. cool. <laughs> you know, listening, <laughs> so listening to two, two territories. Yeah. And, and listening to your journey to liquid death, I, I had an interesting little eureka here, and, and I think I'm even going to apply this sometimes. We were talking about sometimes the challenging headspace you can fall into in, you know, adult or in content creation. Of course, there's challenging headspaces. There are in any work environment. But you said something really interesting about taking inventory of all the shit that you do do and you did do and those skills that are so much more than just, you know, having sex on camera. There are so many varied nuanced skills. And I think the next time I'm having a low day, I am just going to go and write out that inventory. I mean, having a real job, I know that sounds like insulting or something when I say it, because I'm like, I have a real job. You know, this is my first time I work for a a corporate company where I have a boss and I have, you know, and, um, and there's like company like retreats and stuff like that. Mm. So that's a real job. Yeah. I know very much a real job, but I did not have that experience of this before. It is part of having a real job is every week I have a meeting with my team and we all have to tell the rest of the group what we did all week. And in that, like, you know, sometimes when I'm in the mix of things, I don't even realize what I'm doing. But then when you have to take a day and write it all down and say it out loud to people, you're like, oh, wow, I really crushed it this week. And I really wish I did that all throughout my porn career. And I really think it's important for people to do. I mean, you do so many things. You do so many things. But I know the situation, you're just like, it's a constant a constant grind and a constant hustle. So you don't always take a step back and realize all the amazing things that you're doing, but people in adult, like, and I realize now, cause I I've had to now kind of work with some of the, you know, some celebrities, which I hate calling that because people in porn are celebrities too. And they get, they get really babied, you know, they have like 20 people doing everything for them. And porn stars, even the biggest porn stars, they don't have that. They don't have a team of people to like, dress them and tell them what to say everywhere and and give them itineraries and schedules like literally every day of their life you know that you don't have to but you know celebrities we we like porn stars are such hard-working people that do so many different things ourselves you learn so many skills along the way so i'm sure if you took a day or even an hour and just like wrote down things you've accomplished, you know, things you've done, things you've put together, like things you've, you know, like you would be like, so like, yeah, you could pat yourself on the back. You should do it once a week. I hope everyone's, I hope everyone's listening to this because this is some awesome new practice we're going to put into our damn lives Right? right here, people. I love it. And Joanna, it's been such a smash having, uh, having you in, in the zoom room and, and, and enlightening us with all of your wisdom and years of experience. Aww. Thank you so very much. Thank you. All right. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta hang out. We gotta right? do, we'll do it in the flesh. We'll do it in the flesh, but Let's for do people it in the flesh, in the yeah. flesh, for people that are watching and listening, flesh. saying, how do I get in touch with Joanna angel? How do I get the latest? Where do they find you online? Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Joanna angel. It's a verified account. Please do not follow or speak to a fake Joanna Angel who's trapped in uh, in India or something and needs money and uh, you know don't don't do that. So there's you can follow me on Instagram. You could follow me on Twitter at Joanna Angel, also a verified account. Um, and um, you can buy my books. I have two books. You can buy them on Amazon. 
just look up Joanna Angel. I wrote two books. One is called Night Shift. One is called Club 42. And if you want to get a little weird with me, you can talk to me on OnlyFans, onlyfans.com slash Joanna Angel. And I am, even though I have a regular job, I still shoot content all the time. I still shoot boy girl. I still shoot anal. <laughs> I still, I still shoot with tons of different men. <laughs> I think a lot of people were like, you retired. I'm like, no, just because right. I do other things. That's the beauty of OnlyFans and content creation. And thanks to, to Liquid Death, who's totally fine with me still having, you know, still hoeing it up um, online. So you can, you can still very much jerk off to me and talk to me on my OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and it is, yeah. Fuck yeah. Joanna Angel, yes. thank you so very much for being here. We are wishing you all the best and uh, can't wait to see uh, your your future and this friendship continue to unfold. Yeah, so There's excited. a lot of good coming our way, we're, people. We're going to do so much. We're yeah, going to do baby. so much. Yeah, baby. And everyone uh, <laughs> who enjoyed this episode, please make sure you like, favorite, or subscribe to the channel you're listening to us on. And why not uh, tune in for every possible episode of Licked and Loaded, a Cam 4 podcast. I'm Laura Desiree, and I will see you next time. Thank Bye. you, Laura. <laughs> Bye, Bye Joanna. This has been a CAM4 radio production. Come say hi at www.cam4radio.com.